0: All the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
1: The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on What's going on, everybody? This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode seventy-nine. I am back in the United States, Scott. It's good to be back. It actually feels like I missed more than just the one episode, but I listened to you guys last week. It's how I stayed in the loop on what was going on with the Yankees. So nice job uh, that you and Neil did. How's it going?
2: It's good, man. And uh, and today today is a different, another day too. It's it's uh, it's it's your birthday. You're, it you're, is. You're, you're hiding. I think you're hiding from everybody, telling them it's your birthday. But you're, uh, you're getting closer to 30. We, we, we talked about this when I when I turned 36 a few weeks ago. You're getting closer to becoming a real adult by society standards. How do you feel about that?
1: Well, first of all, I my birthday this year fell on Father's Day, which happens like every six or seven years. So I am being outshadowed by all the fathers out there, which is good because, to be honest, I don't like to make too big of a deal about my birthday. But I am indeed getting older. 28, I don't know, it's kind of... I feel like maybe 27, you can still kind of pass as mid-20s. But once you hit that 28 mark, I am for sure late 20s, rapidly approaching the big 3-0. And I hear that's a big one. Obviously you would know.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Like I said, man, you gotta be an adult. Just from then on, everybody expects it. They're just I don't like, oh, think, you're 30. It has to happen.
1: I don't think I need to be an adult really yet because I don't have much responsibility in my life. No, but at 30,
2: <laughs> like that day, you have responsibility as being an adult. So you have to carry yourself like that.
1: Like I'm you, you. I'm just telling you what society expects. But you, yeah, but you, I mean, you're married. You have a dog. You own a house. I have but, none of that. So, But I, I'm, 30, I'm, I'm 36. Still, yeah, but... But uh, I mean, there's plenty of people who are 28 who have all those things as well. I am not one of them, so I, I feel like I can still just dick around for as, for the time being. So when I was
2: 28, <laughs> I I was exactly where you are, like same exact thing. Then, I met I met my now wife, and within a year and a half, I had a house, <laughs> I had a wife, and I was in my thirties. A I'm year just and saying. a half.
1: That is that is quick.
2: Yeah, it was it was a it was a big deal. But um. But yeah, uh, and like you said, Father's Day is today. Today is Sunday. We're recording. Happy Father's Day to all of the uh, all of the fathers out there. It's, uh, I know. Hopefully, you got some uh, some good grilling in. Or there's a. It's a hell of a sports day. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. It's a, it's a great sports day for for all the fathers with the U.S. Open with Yankee game obviously. Bad game, but at least we got some Yankees uh, playing ball. And then tonight with Game 7 of the NBA Finals. So good good stuff today.
1: It's funny. I left for Italy, and I think it was Game 5 of the NBA Finals. (laughs) And it's now only Game 7. I was gone for a week and a half. Yeah,
2: it's ridiculous how they span that out. I mean, they're they really put a lot of time in between these games. To a to a fault, I think. I mean, how do you get any momentum with when you when you have that much time off?
1: I I just think they could do the every other day thing like hockey does, and at least you like you said you gain some momentum and there's a buzz. I mean, I guess basketball is different. There's been a buzz, especially because other than baseball, it's really the only major sport going on right now. But at least do the every other day thing this two and didn't they just do 3 days off in between 6 and 7 i mean it's it, it's crazy
2: yeah yeah no it's it's been a long time and i mean for this it's i guess it's good for them just cuz they have the build up now to game 7 it's you know lebron versus curry and then the way the way thursday night went down with Curry getting ejected and throwing his mouthpiece and hitting the the son of one of the owners of the Cavs, I mean, it was a pretty way. It was a pretty good way to end it to lead into Game Seven. So they, ESPN and all the Fox uh, channels and all the sports channels had you know, three days to build up to this thing. So hopefully, it lives up to the hype.
1: A lot happened in that week and a half that I was gone. One of them being that Steph Curry is no longer the golden child of of basketball. He's yeah, kind, he's kind of become. A, a little bit like people view LeBron, where they don't really uh, like him. I don't know about that. I mean, he literally
2: threw the thing. He was aiming for the scorer's table. He hit a kid, and then he immediately <laughs> went over and apologized. Like, so I don't know how much of a bad guy you are if you go like him over and like legitimately apologize. Like, he he looked very shocked that the thing flew out of his hand. But yeah, I don't know. There were things going against him, and uh, and yeah, he got ejected. And then his wife took to Twitter. So
1: that is where that's where it really started. He can't have the spouse going on Twitter. That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it never ends well when when the when the wife goes on Twitter. It really doesn't. Uh, so who do you have tonight in
2: the game? I I want to see the Cavs win. I, I mean, I'd like to see I'd like to see LeBron. I don't know. I have never not liked LeBron. I guess. So I, I kind of want to see him going back to Cleveland, bringing a championship there. I think that's kind of cool. Um and and to beat the team that overtook the Bulls, uh, with what seventy three is that what they ended on? I think that would be a cool story because I still think the Bulls team is the best team that ever that ever played.
1: Well, unless you complete it with a championship, that discussion isn't even in the question. Exactly. Case in point, when the Mariners beat the Yankees 114 mark a couple years. So I think the Mariners won 116 games in 2001. And then lost to the Yankees in the playoffs. So you can just totally disregard that as as one of the all time greatest seasons. If you don't even make the championship, I know the cat or the Warriors made the championship, but you got to close it out if you want to be considered the best team ever.
2: Yeah, exactly. And that's I think that's one part of the reason why I want Cleveland to win. And I think it would be pretty awesome if Cleveland went out and and beat them. At Golden State, I think it would be uh, a, a pretty telling win. That would be a that would be a true legacy maker right there for LeBron. I mean, it'll it'll cap him off. So, I think he kind of needs that. I don't, he I don't think he needs a really
1: championship need... in Cleveland. I think he definitely too. needs
2: a championship in Cleveland. He, he, he came there. He went there for one, went back for one reason and one reason only. So. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, they can pull it off. We'll see. I just wonder. I want a really good game. That's that's kind of what I'm looking for.
1: I hope I can. I don't, stay I don't have up. a dog in the fight. I hope I can stay awake for the whole thing. I think jet lag's starting to catch up with me. I'm starting to get uh, the headache is starting to come on. The Yankees game didn't really help, but hopefully, I think the game starts at eight o'clock. I can stay up and watch that thing.
2: Yeah, so, I'm I'm in the same boat. I actually had a long weekend. I had a, a buddy's wedding and some very late nights, and I was up this morning at like five o'clock driving. So it was, uh, it was, uh, I'm, I'm worried about staying awake as well. Coffee will be made, I think.
1: <clears throat> so episode 79 and you, I see in the notes, want to talk about that 1979 Yankees team. I, I, I believe you've been on a recent late seventies Yankees team kick with these, with these episodes that we're doing. Well, so, uh,
2: in, in complete fairness, I didn't actually tweet out asking for help and, and doing that. I, kind of took the
1: easy road (laughs) so the 79 1979 makes a lot of sense as if tweeting out hey what is a good stat for 79 is is not the easy road no i guess that is the
2: easier road but (laughs) the uh the fact is i have to think about doing that then do it then 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 listen and talk to more people and i just didn't do it i suck on twitter on my own personal twitter i'm telling you i'm not good at it i don't ever think to go on there because i'm always on bronx pinstripes so it's uh it's it's actually more work in my brain to to get to that point but yeah so 1979 uh, but the, you know, one of the one of the uh, the big things, obviously, that happened that year was was the passing of Thurman Munson, uh, and the Yankees finished in fourth place after winning three consecutive World Series. So it was it was a uh, it was a uh, two consecutive. Sorry, it was a big it was a big deal for it was a big deal for the Yankees. It was a, it was a, it was a big year in in more ways than one.
1: Yeah, that my dad talks about Thurman Munson passing as one of the sadder moments in his sports life. I mean, I think Thurman was one of his favorite players, and that really, I mean, he was the captain of the team. Everyone in New York who was a Yankees fan loved Thurman Munson. That really hit the Yankees hard.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine. You know, one of the one of the super uh, superstar, uh, you know, guy from from a, a team that you know that I was around with, you know, passing in some just tragic, you know, accident like that. It's uh, it's it's pretty crazy to think about. And while I wasn't around, I really didn't know Thurman Munson as a player. I mean, you hear everything about him, how gritty he was, and just a team leader, obviously, a captain. Um, so it was uh, definitely a tough year for Yankee fans. There's no doubt about
1: it. It, it. it kind of took the backbone out of the Yankees. And I, th- I think they made the World Series either in 1980 or 1981, right? Yeah, I, I, 81, I think. Okay, so, but I mean, that team sort of was, uh, as they said, without a backbone after Thurman passed, which he was the captain. So that makes sense. Um, we'll have to, th- I will be tweeting out if anyone has an idea for, for 80, for a good stat about 80, I will be tweeting that out, so so start getting to work on that. Um, hopefully we can have some weird playoff stat like Bernie Williams, has 80, 80 career something or or whatever. Uh, before we get into all this Yankee stuff, I just want to talk a little bit about my Italy trip, and I teased it on Twitter yesterday that I will explain why the people of Venice, Italy are just complete jackasses. You have not been to Venice, Italy, correct? Correct. Never been there. It's a weird place. It's no streets, no cars, all water, uh, canals everywhere. And the people of Venice are basically hate tourists when tourists are the one and only source of income for the Venetian people. Used to be uh, a big importing, exporting a la George Costanza. Import-exporter. Yeah, import ships, export matches. Used to be that and then uh, it is no longer that and basically it's it's like a, a Disney World place now where people just go and, and are tourists and the Venetian people just treat them like garbage. And it's a very expensive city so I don't know why they do treat them like garbage because if people wake up and realize, hey, this place is sinking, which it is, I don't know if you saw my Twitter, but we were literally trekking through ankle deep water when it was high tide. Um, Oh, I saw that. I thought it was. I saw
2: the. I only saw the picture. I didn't see any captions or anything like that. I just assumed you were in like a rainstorm.
1: Nope. It. uh, It's. It happens every now and again because the. Like I said, the 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 city is sinking from the weight of all the buildings, and it was high tide and a full moon. So whenever that occurs on the same day, water floods into the streets. That's crazy. It well, I, need, I I'm gonna need,
2: I'm going to need, I'm going to need a specific example of why there's such, you know, why there's such bad people or why there's such dicks to you guys.
1: Well, I have one from the airport that happened to my sister, which was pretty weird. Okay. Um, we, we were, we were leaving, leaving back for the U.S. So vacation's over. You're already in a bad mood and the airport is just mayhem because it's a tiny airport. And, and another thing is you take a water, you take a boat to the airport. So it's just, everything is bizarre. And you know, we're, we get there, our flight's delayed an hour. My sister goes up and she wants to order cheese pizza, but you can only order cheese pizza if you have a ticket, which you get from your airline. You can order any other slice of pizza except cheese pizza, which makes absolutely no sense. And the woman working, who was a Venetian woman, uh, a, a heavy set woman who was in a bad mood. Ended up calling my sister a moron because she did not have a ticket for the cheese pizza. In English, broken English. Yeah, so I don't understand why do you need a ticket to order any food in the first place? I no clue. She just said you can't order the cheese pizza without a voucher. Hmm. That just
2: seems strange. And I don't know why you would need something like that to order food. <laughs> I agree. Like, is this like summer camp or or like a like a date night or those those? Not like the, a
1: dance at a
2: in college where you have to get, you get like a drink ticket. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's
1: very strange, very strange. So needless to say, I'm glad I saw Venice. I don't know if I will ever be returning to Venice. I did enjoy Italy though. Uh, the food was the best part. You just. Everything you eat is delicious. It's the most delicious thing you've ever eaten. The mozzarella and the bread and the prosciutto and the antipasto. Like, yeah, all the historic stuff is great. We saw the Vatican, saw the Colosseum, which I don't know. Another thing I tweeted was that it, it did look like the exterior of the original and the new Yankee Stadium, which is pretty funny.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that was, the that idea? was definitely a thought. Yeah, it was definitely <laughs> part of the idea. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So all that history stuff is great. But uh, if I could eat like that all the time, that would be amazing. Very good. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you had a good trip. It is, uh, I guess, good to be back. Uh, the Yankees won the first four games while I was over there, so I thought me being out of the country was good luck. And then I was,
2: I was gonna tell you, you might have to stay, and then things went bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what happens with this team, right? They take, they go on a little winning streak, take two steps forward, and then it's two steps back, and that's the mark of a 500 team. And I, and that's what I think they are. I don't. Think, I just,
2: I just realized the perfect representation of this team, and i mean this is from from you know the over the past year or so but it's it's uh it's michael panetta right it's like you have the the ability to do something but you just don't do it then you do well for a little bit then you're just bomb for the for a few it's 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 like a bipolar team it's like oh one day you're really happy and then the next day you're just the worst and it's just a cycle and it's not like one two one two one two it's it's like four five three it's like multiple wins, multiple losses. You get, a, you get a groove, and then you just completely wash it away. It's ridiculous. It's really hard to watch.
1: It's really hard to like stay emotional about it, to tell you the truth. It's extremely frustrating to watch because you see them go on a five-game or a four-game win streak, and they swept the Angels, and you're thinking, okay, maybe this is the turnaround. And then they go and lose, I believe it was two out of three to Detroit, and then two games in Colorado to a really... Mediocre to bad Colorado team. There's just no excuse for it, and and like you said, it, it's when you know one day the offense will be good and the next day it'll be completely lost. So it's frustrating and. I just think that when we we look up in in mid-July and we start thinking about the trade deadline this team is still going to be around 500 because I don't think they're terrible but they're not a good team either and they're going to hover around 500 and the annoying thing is that's probably going to be good enough to still be in the wild card race and they're not going to sell if they're in the wild card race but I don't see them getting over that hump to winning, you know, 87, 88 games which is what it's going to take to be one of those wild card teams and and if they're an 81 or an 82 win team, what's the point of that? I'd rather sell every win this team has is kind of delaying the inevitable, which is we're just going to miss the playoffs by a handful of games.
2: It, you know, I, I'm still not convinced that they're not going to sell at least something because of of uh, and I'm specifically talking about the bullpen. I, I still think one of those pieces is going to go no matter what. I think they I think they have to do that. I mean, I think they have to trade Chapman. Honestly, I think they have to. I think they they're they're getting to a point where they they really have have no other way to go. They're going to lose him at the end of the season. Why not get value for this guy? Um, you know, we'll see. I, we, I want to talk about Chapman in more detail later because I, I have a, a little bit of a conspiracy theory. Now that we've had kind of a, a book on him, right? We've this is you know I'd say we've we've seen him a good amount of time. Um, you know, as as watching him every time he's out, so I think you and I have eyes on him for a good amount of time now, and all of us do as Yankee fans, and we can kind of see his in- intricacies and and you know what he's good at, what he's not. So I got some I got some theories on him, um, but I, I do believe that that's the guy that they, no matter where they are, they have to trade Chapman.
1: If they trade Chapman, do you think that's selling?
2: No, I don't. I think it's just a I, I think it's a position that they have to even capitalize. if they get
1: a piece back, that's not going to help them at all in 2016. I don't think it's completely selling
2: because of the depth of the end the end 2 And I know the rest of the bullpen has I been complete what, trash. The, what
1: depth do they have? They have the big three, and then after that, it's a giant question mark. Well, that's what I'm talking about. They have guys
2: for the last two innings. That, you can't even get to the big three at
1: this point, so it's kind of a oh, moot point. I, I don't think the big three is going to take them to the promised land. I mean, we thought it was going to play a key factor, but that's when we thought the offense wasn't going to be complete trash. So
2: yeah the, I mean the premise of, of getting to the the big three is pretty much the key to this and the fact that they've 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 in essence failed to do that in more times than not it, it basically takes a, takes the big three away and you know it's just some of these these guys are in a position where I think Chapman I'm sorry I think Miller and Batantis are you have those two guys and you you discard Chapman that's just for conversation sake and I don't want to get too much into this because I want to dig more into Chapman but the Those two guys are are, are are two of the better guys than than in the league than anybody else has. So I, I don't think you're losing that much. Yes, you have to figure out some of this. You need a guy like Jason Streve to come out of his funk and, and to start pitching better. Um, you need Severino to come back and possibly Nova going into uh, the 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 bullpen again and and kind of locking down that that middle road, or the middle spot in the, in the uh, in the bullpen. So I think there's things that can happen still, but I, I do believe you have to trade Chapman.
1: Well, there's some rumors that the Chicago Cubs are interested in Miller and Chapman. So I believe, um, you know, that's what you were alluding to, right? Well, I'm just talking in general. I
2: think that Chapman's going to be extremely valuable at that point. And there's going to be a lot of teams looking for him. Trading the two of them is, I I know we've been, there were a lot of rumors floated and we covered a, a few of them and... While they have weight because these there's there's you know reputable guys talking about them and 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 dropping these rumors out there, but I don't know. So I don't know what they could possibly give us for for Chapman and Miller that would be uh, of equivalent value. You Guys like the guy that the the name that keeps coming up is Jorge Soler, no, and I no just <laughs> I just don't I don't see that like. I don't see Jorge Soler as being a guy that's going to put us over the top or be a. I don't.
1: I, the jury is still out on this guy. Very much so. I mean, he's well, he's young. He's 24, and yes. and he's uh, he's a right-handed bat, which is good because they are lacking right-handed bats. You know, overall. In, in you know on the team right now. I mean, they have Ref Snyder and Judge, who hopefully can impact the team in the future. But right now, they're they're at a lack of of right-handed bats, and he's on a on a good contract, I believe. I don't even think he's arbitration eligible yet. But but he's how good is this guy? We don't really know. I think he's probably at best like a fourth outfielder. So you're certainly not trading Miller and Chapman for him. Oh if you gosh. Say, you know. If you tell I don't me, think I wouldn't trade Chapman for him. I well, think they can so, get better value for that. I
2: don't think honestly. Chapman has that much value. Oh, I do. See, I think at that point when the season's coming around and you have guys that are, like the Nationals, I think are going to be very much looking for a closer. Very much.
1: I guess if you find a desperate team because you look at what the... Um, There's always one or two. Like always I use the example of what the Red Sox got for Andrew Miller two seasons ago from Baltimore, which was Eduardo Rodriguez who is a left-handed young starting pitcher who has the potential to be like a number two starting pitcher. He's probably more like a number three, but that's a lot for a guy who was just a rental in your division. So he was an eighth inning guy at the time. He was an eighth inning guy at the time was certainly not as proven as he is now. Um, I get, I mean, certainly Chapman is more proven now than Miller was in 2014, but I mean, Chapman has been kind of okay. He's been good. For the Yankees, he hasn't been lights out. Okay, so
2: let's. We've been talking about this. We might as well get into it now because otherwise, we're going to have a divided conversation. So, what what I've seen from Chapman is yes, this guy. We we all get I think, we all get starry eyed, and, and I'm I'm guilty of this. I mean, you know this. I get starry eyed when I see Nathan Avaldi hit 98 miles an hour. But there's 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 flaws to the pitching. With with Chapman, the one thing I've really noticed. Is when this guy is not locating in this fastball when it's 101 miles an hour. If he's if he's at 90, 96, 97, and he's and he's uh, and he's he's locating that, he's still kind of getting hit. When this guy's velocity starts to dip a little bit, and it's probably gonna happen sooner than later. He's been around for a little bit, right? I I, I got to imagine it's. Not in the, I would say within the next three to four years, this guy's velocity is going to start dipping significantly. God forbid he go, you know, has an injury or whatnot. If he's completely healthy, I feel like that's going to happen because it's just, you know, Father Time's going to come around. And when you look at what he has besides that 100 plus mile per hour fastball, it's not very much. He doesn't have good stuff. His fastball is filthy, but it is, it's, it's nasty. But when you start throwing, uh, the, the breaking balls that he does he hangs them quite often. They are not great curveballs. They are not great breaking balls. When it's not a curveball, it's a slider, I believe, right? When he yeah. throws these pitches, they when if his velocity is dipped and he's throwing his pitch, he's not gonna get away with it. He's just not going to. So I I don't know I just don't know how much long term value he I think because I don't think he can pitch. I think he would have to learn a new pitch to to, to take this on into a longer career. You got a guy like Mariano Rivera who pitched into his 40s because he had the cutter. He didn't have to throw the cutter at 98 miles an hour. He could throw the cutter at 92, 93 and be just as effective. You could know the damn pitch is coming and not be able to hit
1: it. I mean, Rivera was more effective in the second half of his career by the numbers when he was throwing 91, 92 than when he was throwing 96 miles an hour in the first half of his career.
2: My point is, just, no, I don't I mean, think Chapman could... has the ability of being a, a, a true pitcher to to get away from if he loses that
1: velocity. Right. That well, I mean, you away, don't have to necessarily be a pitcher to be a closer. I, I think plenty of guys in history have proven that because it's such a sp- short, you know, inning. It's three outs. You don't need to. You, it, uh, one pitch is enough to be my, a closer. My point is, is that his value right now is and is as high as it will ever go. Yeah, and. Like, if the Yankees want to keep him, it's going to cost them a long-term contract. And I Chapman. don't necessarily want them to do that. But I'd be fine with trading Chapman. I just think that of the two, Chapman or Miller, Miller is going to get you a hell of a lot more than Chapman will.
2: I think that you're going to... Well, because Miller has a contract, Chapman's a rental. I, some people may think that, some people not. I mean, he, he's he's been more effective, no he's doubt. He's been
1: more effective over the last...
2: Two plus and he's been seasons. proven that he
1: can do it anywhere. You yes. know, No matter what inning, it doesn't
2: matter what ballpark he's in. And he's the contract is a
1: huge thing. I mean, I guess if you're thing. the Cubs and you just want to win at ASAP, you don't care. You'll have Chapman or Miller. But exactly. I think given the choice, you would want Miller instead of Chapman. I, I honestly think that the Nationals are in the same boat. The Nationals want to steal
2: that division. They want to keep that division from the Mets. I think those two teams, I think the Cubs know that they are in a win now Granted, they have a great team and they'll probably be very good for a while. But that division is very competitive, and anything can happen in that in that division from year to year. The, the Pirates are still a very good young team as well. The I think those two teams are, are exactly the, the the guys that will be looking at uh, at Chapman and Miller. And I don't know what the difference would be in in you know what you would get back because. You know, you have to have that the pieces in, in order to give the pieces. Obviously, the, the Cubs. I don't know what their minor league systems like anymore. I mean, a lot of the guys that have been really good in their minor league system are on their pro team now. Right. So, I don't know what their minor league. I don't know what their minor league system has. I know that the the Nationals have a couple guys. They have a second baseman who's apparently a stud. Um, but you know, we're pretty set on the infield. I mean, look at our minor leagues. That's where we're deep.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't start getting that deep into it though I think you just if you're the Yankees and you're set on trading these guys you just take the best guy available back because at this point you're just trying to stockpile content or uh stockpile uh talent so you can do something with it I mean I mean Cashman has flipped guys before I mean he traded for Martin Prado and then immediately flipped him a half season later for Nathan avaldi so he can do that uh, I mean you don't have you know what would you like to see the Yankees get back? You don't need to give me any names, but what what would you like to see them get back from Miller or Chapman or both?
2: I want to see a t- I want to see a top prospect who's ready to contribute. I want to see a guy who's in at least AAA. I want to see uh, that or a guy that is I mean, the Jorge Soler, that that type of guy that who's in the major leagues, he got hurt, uh, but he's major league ready. Like that's a type of guy. I just don't think he I don't know. I, I don't see him as... Uh, I, I'm not sure where he would play either. I guess left field. Um, I mean, to be I completely
1: honest, I don't really know enough about Jorge Soler to tell you you know, how good of a player he is. I looked up his stats. They're pretty average. Um, and the Yankees have a lot of outfielders. <laughs> they have a lot of outfielders. And he's a
2: young, athletic dude who's got some pop. Uh, you know, he's he's been hurt a few times I think he has a hamstring injury now so we would be getting damage goods at this point I don't know if he's I don't know where he is in this injury I can't say that I've kept up with him as much but I don't know I I, I can't tell you that I don't have an answer for that I'd have to know what the hell was there I can tell you this if they if they trade Chapman and what they get back I'll tell you if I think it's good enough I, I can I can react to it but I don't know I don't know what they would get for for one of these guys I think it needs to be a guy that's ready to contribute either right now or on the cusp of right now but not I don't want a guy in single who has big
1: potential so when you said you don't think it would be selling if the yankees traded chapman i disagree because this team has absolutely 0.0 chance of winning without the big three in the bullpen i don't think they can win with the big three because i don't think the rest of the team is good enough but the only way they would ever win in the playoffs is if the big three are pitching and dominating I, I don't. I, you still have to get to the big three, and that's the problem for me. That's well, for, I'm, that's I'm the, assuming the, the, if the thing that if, I can't get around. If they've had a good enough, you know, rest of the season to make the playoffs, the rest of the team would be playing better, and in theory, they would have enough to get to the big three, and then that's how they would win in the playoffs. But w- without them, I, I I see zero chance of them winning because the starting rotation is not going to go seven innings in in the playoffs, and that would be you know Betances then Miller you. They could barely go six innings now to even get to the big three. So if they trade Chapman, they should just start selling. they should trade Beltron, they should trade uh, Miller if they can get a lot for him. they should think about trading Nova they should think about trading Gardner. I mean because this team they, they have to be realistic about this team. You're talking to a guy who wants them to sell. By the way, we we I think you
2: and I are on the same page. I'm just I'm talking about a, the, the fact that I think they will they should trade Chapman no matter what, but I still think they should sell. More I think Carl, look at Carl, look what Carlos Beltran's doing right now. Yeah. He's 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 uh, he's hit the fountain of youth. I mean this guy's one of the best hitters in the league right now. He's raking. He's at an extreme
1: value. He, he's you don't their think that the Royals, most asset right now.
2: The the Royals or some other team with a DH. I mean, I think it's got to be an American League team though, that that would take this guy so that they can give him days off in the outfield and still have him his bat in the lineup. But a guy like the, I mean, think about the Royals. Think about a, a homecoming to the Kansas City Royals. I mean, th- that's a perfect spot for them. I don't know if they want to give it. Give uh, a guy like Carlos Beltran into the uh, the American League if they still think they're going to compete. But if if they're trading Beltran at that they're point,
1: they're not competing. They're, ma-
2: they're mailing Beltran. in the season. So um, there's definitely there's a lot more value on this team. There's a lot of guys we could talk about. I mean, you could talk about McCann also with Gary Sanchez, you know, playing well in the minor league. There's a lot of things that could happen.
1: I just don't think that if they're either. In a wild card spot or very, very close to it at the trade deadline, that they would ever trade Chapman. Because I mean, history would, history tells us that, that things aren't going to happen unless they like, get a piece back that helps them this year, a starting pitcher or something. Uh, right. But again, you're not going to trade Chapman. Who you'd only trade Chapman to a team who wants to win now. So you're not going to get a guy. they exactly. exactly. You're not going to get a guy back that's going to help a you now. Exactly. So. Um, I mean, we, we could talk about this until we're dead, but uh, we'll, like you said, we're both on the same page that this team needs to be realistic um, and, and think about selling. Uh, Teixeira is making rehab in Scranton this week and hopes to be back next Saturday. And um, I mean, he's stunk all year. Uh, I don't know what he's going to give them with a bum knee. I mean, he, he already looked terrible and he was supposedly fully healthy. He elected to not have surgery, which would end his season, obviously because he's a free agent and he doesn't want to hurt his value that way. His He wants to come back and try and prove that he can still hit a little bit, like last year, and he's going to get another contract. But I think the Yankees are are going to be put in a tough spot. When Teixeira comes back, they're going to have to put him in the lineup. They don't have any other choice if they activate him. Oh, well, there's no doubt. He So
2: he elected to get... To rehab, and he's been getting—I uh, don't know how many. I think I think just one. I don't know how many you can get in a row, but he, he got cortisone injection. I believe he got two, and, and you you're right.
1: He, you can't get that many because right. I think they become less and less effective every time you get one.
2: Yeah, and there's a time span and how you know how frequently you can get them as well, that for them to be effective or not. But yeah, so he 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 claims he feels good. He's getting back into it. We'll see what happens. But the the crazy thing about him is is that if this guy were to come back and actually start hitting, this is a different team at that point. That's we're talking about different. If this offense ever started going and like actually being consistent and having more than one or two guys that were that were you know contributing on a on a daily basis, we're talking about a different team because we're talking about the team that we thought they could have been in the beginning. And you know while there's nothing there that's saying that Tashere is going to come back and hit, nothing. There's nothing saying that's going. This is a guy that has done nothing all year long and is now hurt. So to think that he's going to come back and be better.
1: I don't know. I mean, he can't get much worse, but also I don't know how a guy, much better he's going to get. Also, a guy who in the past has said he he doesn't like to come off the DL until he's 100%. So he, this guy but needs this is to be. also a desperate
2: situation, and we know that. You I just know, said it because of the contract.
1: Exactly. But he need, He feels he's the type of guy that needs to be, in his mind, 100% healthy in order to perform. Kind of like Jacoby Ellsbury. He's not going to be 100% healthy. Right. So we'll see. We'll see what he's giving us. But uh, but the thing is, I mean, we've la-
2: uh, we've labeled him an X factor for the past two years because we're kind of seeing that. I mean, he's a you know a switch hitter, a guy that can provide power from both sides of the plate. Really turn you know turn over a lineup depending on who we uh, who we're facing. If it's a tough lefty, especially, and. And we had, we haven't had it all year, and he's been in the lineup, and we and we haven't had it because he's been terrible. So if this guy could come back and contribute, take some pressure off some of these other guys, maybe you know so maybe it's Rod getting a, a better pitch because Teixeira is hitting well. You know, then that starts getting rod going with, with a power surge. So there's a lot of things that can happen if if Teixeira starts doing well and playing well. So that to me would be. You know, one of the deciding factors of how this season's going to go—it's going to be—it's a really a lot of it is hinged on 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 Tashera's bat.
1: Another thing that's hinged on his bat is if Ref Snyder stays in the major leagues or not. Mercy, uh, I'm talking about this again—it's
2: ridiculous that we're talking about this It's right so now.
1: ridiculous. On the broadcast today, Meredith Morakovic said that it's likely Ref Snyder will be sent down to AAA when share is activated. Basically, because since they just signed Ike Davis, I, it was to a major league contract, correct? Yes, it was. Right. So if which took people by surprise, right? Yeah, they they were desperate and and they needed a first baseman, but it, Ike Davis is probably not going to want to go down to the minor leagues so they don't want to lose him because they don't have co- they probably don't have confidence to can stay healthy the rest of the season and we so know they-, they don't have confidence in Ref Snyder because they but, no but it's, it's to so I think it's actually less ups. that they don't have confidence in Ref Snyder it's that Ref Snyder has options so they can send him down and call him back up no problem they can't do that with Ike Davis you're so- right but we're but going It's, it's still to the insane. Same thing because we're talking about Ike freaking
2: Davis. Exactly. I mean, who cares if we lose Ike Davis? We could go get Doug Minkiewicz right now off of the freaking couch and get the same goddamn production. It's so ridiculous. The only reason Ref Snyder, the the, the biggest reason Ref Snyder is up here is because of his bat. And he's obviously proven flexible in the field. He's been going up second base. He could play first place. He could play right field. How, how, how much... More do we need to see from this guy to
1: to prove that he's valuable, especially more valuable than freaking Ike Davis? Okay, also, refsider is hitting. He's hitting the ball over the last fourteen games. I be- I believe he's got like a three thirty average. Who else on this team is batting over three hundred? Nobody. There's no reason. There's zero reason
2: to to send this guy down. It's it's so stupid. It really is so ridiculous. It's
1: typical Yankees is what it is. It's typical Cashman Girardi sending you know, you think Ref Snyder has finally given them enough evidence that he can hit in the major leagues that they would say, "You know what? He is more valuable than Ike Davis." Hi hey, hey Ike, take a hike. Who cares? We don't as you said. In, in what other you team where in anybody? the world
2: is is Ref Snyder blocked by guys like Brendan Ryan, Stephen Drew, and Ike freaking Davis? Please, it's it's ridiculous. It's not even an argument. I, he and he's played well over at first base. It's I, you know what? I can't even I can't even get like my I can't even get my blood boiling about this anymore because it's the same thing over and over again. All he does is come up. He hits. He plays hard. He plays everywhere they tell him to play, and he plays well. He he's played a, a pretty good first base. There's there's only been a couple times where I've seen. Where I've seen things. There was one that was a pickoff move, and honestly, it was a bad throw, and he couldn't get to the ball, ball went up the line. Maybe Ike Davis gets it because he's got long, freaking huge arms. Maybe.
1: Okay, Ike Davis is a first baseman, so yeah, he's better defensively than Rob Ref Snyder, but this team can't score. This team's problem is not defense, it, it's offense. Ref provides them offense. I don't know what else they need to see in order to realize that he can help them win games be, by, by scoring runs and and Driving in runs and getting on base. I don't know it's what else more they can see.
2: It's run prevention. The run prevention stat needs to go away then, because that's all they're looking
1: at. They're looking at run prevention. It's really hard to win Defense. games when you score one or two runs off Dude. off you know mediocre c- competition, which is what they've been playing the last week. Um, uh, you know, speaking of of bats, uh, guys in slumps. Brian McCann finally busted out of a, a long slump with two home runs on Sunday versus Minnesota but where has that guy's bat been for the last month and a half
2: yeah it, it, you know what was it uh we have a stat in here it was 11, 11 for, for 81, 81. getting yeah. into and he he broke an 0 over 15 today uh but looks like he came out of it so hopefully it's uh so, something he can he can build on and and continue but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a slump. I, I think catchers can go into longer slumps. I feel like those guys uh, could definitely go into longer slumps than most just because of the physical toll of being a catcher as well. Um, but it's, it was good to see him come out of it. I mean, it, you know, it's, it, it's baseball, they're, they're going to go through slumps. Unfortunately, this team has, has been slumping at the same time. Um, but it looks like actually this time McCann slumped almost alone, which is cool. That was good, that was a positive. <laughs>
1: He was, slumping, he was seem... slumping
2: with only like one or other two, one or two guys, not the entire team.
1: You know what sucks is that it seems like when the Yankees this year go in slumps, it's eleven for eighty one, one thirty five, which is horrendous. And then when they're hot, it's like two seventy-five. It's not like a three ninety hot. It's barely above average hot. Unless your name is Rob Ref <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like that it's for a while it's like people were saying that chase headley was oh he's getting hot and you look at his numbers he's batting like 285 with a bunch of singles it's like really that's hot yeah, your boy's yeah. up to like 260 right now in the season so okay how many he, extra bases
2: he's still just a singles hitter i'm just telling you he's climbing he's not the problem he's not the problem but he still sucks and i hate him that's fine the, the other thing is that uh Gardner went through a ridiculously long slump, and he came out of it pretty well. I mean, he's been he's been, he 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 has been slumping as of recent. Uh, as of re- recently, he's another guy who kind of broke out today. Had a couple hits, hitting the ball hard. He squared the, the ball up a few times today, um, but that was a short little slump for him, which was good because he's been he's been hitting the ball really well over the past
1: month. He had a really terrible May. It yeah. was like a sub two hundred batting average May, which is we usually don't see that until September, so it came early this year for for Brett Gardner. It usually happens in the second half when he starts to break down physically. Uh, another guy who's you mentioned earlier, Beltron was bothered by that knee issue, but he took a couple of days off. He took a couple of days off in Colorado, right? Yeah, he took a couple of days off in
2: Colorado, and he had his knee drained actually in Colorado, or just before Colorado, I think. Uh, the, I think the when they were going there, but he did have his knee drained, and apparently it's uh, it's much better because he came back and and started raking on Saturday. Um, so yeah, he's been, he's I mean he's swinging one of the hottest bats in the major leagues. I mean he's he's absolutely saving this team right now for. saving this team to be in a conversation of 500 or in a wild card or whatever.
1: And he's got a reputation of being clutch. His postseason numbers over his career are fantastic. So he's extremely attractive to any team who plans on making the playoffs because they feel confident they can plug him into the middle of the order and get production in October from him. And
2: the knee doesn't seem like it was a concern because I think it was the other knee and not the one that had given him problems in the in the past. So this is something that I think he like, literally might have slept on wrong, something like one of those. And you sleep on a knee wrong. <laughs> you sleep on your leg wrong. I Oh, I get it. I get it. I guess
1: it's like a 36-year-old kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> a 28-year-old, a spry 28-year-old, I wouldn't You wouldn't understand. get it. You yeah. wouldn't understand, yeah. I started to oh those long flights though my neck was really bothering me on this trip oh, I'm starting to starting to feel my age a little bit <laughs> um, since uh, another guy who's feeling the age a rod co- has come off the DL I believe he's been off the DL for about a month now and he's actually producing 19 RBIs in his last 20 games which is exactly what you know they need out of a rod a rod and Beltron have been pretty good over the last few weeks in the middle of the order. Uh, like you said, maybe if Teixeira can come back and provide another bat in the middle of the order, that totally changes the, the dynamic of the lineup, assuming these other guys don't go into more slumps. But, you know, A-Rod's been pretty good. Uh, I, I I think he he has been closer to what I expected this year, which is not quite as good as last year, but still not, you know, terrible, which is what he was in, in April.
2: Yeah, you know, we're still not seeing the... The power that we, we expected. I mean, he's hitting the ball. You're, you're right. He, he's been driving. The, look, all we needed for him to do is, is drive in runs. His average is not there. He's not going to get on base a ton. He's going to hit a single or he's going to hit a home run. That's what I've, I've come to the conclusion of. And if you still don't think that I could beat Alex Rodriguez in a race around the bases or from first to third, you're insane. Because this guy looks like he's running in molasses. Molasses. You just
1: told me you sleep on your legs wrong sometimes and and you get a bum knee. I don't yeah. I still don't think you can be air in a race. You don't think he's sleeping on his legs wrong and getting bum knees? I guarantee he you. is. He's, he's got just... the best doctors with the best <clears throat> medication that you can't really get. <laughs> doctors, anywhere. you mean girlfriends? Yeah.
2: Look, no, he's he's awful. The only the Beltron the, the Beltron thing I still stick to because I think he still has a has a burst, but no. Arod Arod's legs are gone, man. He he's he just looks like an old man out there this year, honestly. I'm not He's driving in some runs. Like today was a blue pit. It was. The, I've seen a couple blue pits from him. It's just, it's just a home there. run
1: on Saturday. Big home run on Saturday.
2: Yeah, he, no, he's been hitting the ball. It's like I said, it's going to be a single or a home run with this guy. That's and and that's fine because that's what we expect from him, right? We're expecting him to drive in runs. We need the we need the we need the pop when when uh, when it's needed in big situations for him to drive in runs, and that's fine. I, I was I was probably had I probably had lower expectations than you did for him. Um, obviously, last year I think the first half of last year was an anomaly. I don't know what happened or how that happened, but uh, he is definitely not going to be. You know, I don't. I don't think we'll ever see that again.
1: We're quickly approaching the 700 home run mark for A. Rod. He's five shy. So, assuming he's keeping the same pace, it's coming in the next say three weeks. Yeah, yeah.
2: We'll see what happens with that. I guess uh, he's been getting recognition from everything else, right? So, so people will uh, will and Yankee Stadium will stand up and and he will get a he will get a good round of applause and he'll probably tip his cap. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure the Yankees will put some something out for 700 because they've been promoting everything. I, I know it's not a milestone, but it's it's a it's a it's a significant number.
1: It's a huge number. Yeah. <laughs> and next on the list is is Babe Ruth, which obviously for the Yankees is huge. He's not going to get it this year. He I think he he needed 28 home runs coming into the year to get it, and I, and I just don't see that happening unless he has a ridiculous second half, which. Again, I don't see happening. So he's not going to reach Babe Ruth, but uh, you know he's going to get to 700. It's baseball history, and I just think right you know now over the last 20 years, offensive baseball history is so warped that it, that these records don't really matter anymore. No, they
2: don't. They don't matter at all.
1: Um, they matter nothing. Uh, last bit of Yankees news is that Shreve will be activated off of the DL, and uh, I guess he's being optioned back to AAA. So, you know, Shreve, uh, I think he gave up seven home runs in his last, like, it was crazy. It was like seven home runs in his last, like, 20 innings pitched before he went on the DL, which is just horrific for a bullpen arm. And, you know, if this was a guy that was was, was bothered
2: by an injury and and he's healthy now and can come back and do a rehab stint in, in Scranton and, and prove that he, you know, can get quality outs and make quality pitches, then this is a guy that, you know, this is one of those dark horse guys that can come back and contribute. We've seen it. I don't think we really know who the who the real tr- Chasen Shreve is, just because the beginning of last year he was so dominant, and then towards the end of the year, I mean, you and I speculate that uh, at least I speculate that he was overused and definitely he just hadn't seen that year. work. Um, so maybe we don't know who he is really, because he he definitely he started off uh, well this year, but it was it was short lived because. He started getting knocked around. So, you know, we'll see. But he's a dark horse. This is a guy that we've seen potential from and could come back and contribute and could and definitely, you know, alleviate some of those bullpen woes before you get to the big three and after the deadline, possibly a big two.
1: The thing that worried about me with Chase and Shreve before he went on the DL was that he was kind of looking like deer in the headlights. He was giving up bombs and he looked baffled on the mound like he didn't know why it was happening. And that kind of scares me. It kind of, it kind of makes me think that he doesn't know what's wrong. Maybe it was the injury, but he said he didn't feel that injury uh, before it happened. So it's not like he was, he was um, you know hiding it or anything like that and pitching with it for a week or two. He just was not pitching well. And, he, and, he, and to me, he looked lost on the mound. And anytime that happens, it's bad news.
2: If you believe a guy who's fighting for his job in the major leagues, i got a bridge to sell you. So the fact that he's saying this stuff to the media doesn't necessarily mean it's true. I, I don't know if – I'm not saying it was or it is or whatever, but I don't really believe or take any of these guys you know, if they're talking about the, their health. I think it, when, when you're talking about one thing specifically about a guy who's fighting for their job and you're kind of a fringe major leaguer in the first place, when you talk about health – you're healthy. I'm great. I feel good. I feel fine. I feel great. I feel like that's what you do. I feel like that's just this. They're kind of conditioned to do that. Unless you're Mark DeShere.
1: Or Jaco yeah, well, yeah. he's
2: not, He's at a fringe major leaguer at this point. You know what I mean? He's a established veteran.
1: <clears throat> you know who's no longer an established veteran in the major leagues? Transitions. I'm loving
2: this. We're getting professional at this. Jose <laughs> Reyes DFA'd, DFA'd Reyes.
1: by the Rockies. That was a good transition.
2: You got to give me that. It was. It was pro. I like it. Jose Reyes. Okay, so we're only going to we only have this on our notes to talk about for like 2 seconds, but I think uh, Reyes is getting blackballed from this league. I don't think anybody's going to touch him personally. I don't think anybody's going to touch him.
1: Yeah. If he was still good, I think teams would, but he's no longer good. I mean I mean th- in any league. We saw it with um Oh god. How old is he? Is He early 30s, right? He's like 30 I would say 32
2: is my guess. 31, 32.
1: He's 33. Thirty three. Okay. But he's an old thirty three. Yeah, he's, he's been, had he's a lot been of injuries. Yeah, a lot of injuries. He was injured with the Mets a bunch. Uh he never really did you know, it's shocking that a guy leaves the Mets and his career plummets. But that's what happened with Reyes. Went signed with the Marlins, had a mediocre year and then got traded to the Blue Jays, had more mediocre years and obviously the domestic issue that he had this off season. So Um, Yeah, I agree with you that he's probably done with baseball, which is insane because his contract, he still has two more years left, right? He had years on the contract. They're definitely eating a significant amount of that contract, yeah. Well, they don't have to pay the – he got suspended for, what was it, 60? Was it 60 games? Yeah, but they have
2: to pay the remaining. Yes, they do. So
1: I think the only thing that they wouldn't pay if
2: you were to get pick up would be the league minimum. I think that would be the only alleviation someone would have to pay in the league minimum. And I think that gets taken away from what the Rockies have to pay, I believe. I mean,
1: you never know because if if a team if if he go if he if next year he signs on with a team in camp and looks good, a team is gonna take a shot on him. Um anytime a guy can play, we saw it with again, I'm drawing a blank on the name. Who's the guy from the Dallas Cowboys, the scumbag? Oh, Hardy, Greg Hardy. Hardy. He could play, so a team's going to give him a shot. So if Jose Reyes can play, someone's going to give him a shot. Um, More news around the league is that the Red Sox outright waived Rusny Castillo, who was, they signed out of Cuba for $72.5 million, which was a crazy amount of money for a guy who was in his late 20s, and they didn't even see play baseball. And he has not worked out at all. He has seemed, he's been basically in AAA the whole time with a few spurts in, in the major leagues. He's not been very good. But, I mean, that it, it just baffles me how the Red Sox have had so many bad, horrific, horrendous, like historically bad contracts over the last few years. And they're still not drowning in these contracts.
2: Because they got saved by the Dodgers on the last batch of bad contracts. I mean, I should still see... Uh, some of these terrible names that that they had on their uh, the the one call
1: Crawford uh, call Crawford got by the um, didn't he just get DFA'd or waived by the Dodgers and he still has like one or two more years left at twenty two million dollars he was getting paid a ridiculous amount
2: but and the Red Sox got saved on that they they just I don't know they they keep getting I hope nobody claims this guy so that they still have to to eat this contract they also gave a ridiculous amount of money to that kid uh, that Miranda kid if you remember out of Cuba as yeah, well at who least was
1: he's only. 20 years old so I mean, yeah he's got young a lot of time but, on him
2: no doubt but they gave him a ton of money for a guy that wasn't even at single a yet single a level so you know they we'll went see. on a
1: spending spree on the, they did. on the
2: international market yes they did yes they did so we'll see if this uh if it's bite them they still have zero pitching so i don't think this this team is sustainable they can mash though they can
1: mash. their, their outfield is, is pretty impressive so ichiro now uh past pete rose for total hits in professional baseball that includes his time in japan two uh 4257 total hits he might have more by this point um obviously though people still would consider pete rose as the hit king do you agree
2: yeah there's no doubt i mean i think it's cool that that we can say hey this is a you know each has always been a, i think a You know, an upstanding guy has been a a good, a good citizen, good baseball player, good role model. I think he's just been a a, a terrific guy for the game. Um, I think he opened a lot of eyes, you know, coming over and having such success. So I'm glad that they recognize, you know, there's nothing wrong to recognize what it is, but, but you got to know what it is. I mean, it's, it's combining two separate different leagues. It's not even
1: remotely the same thing. So yeah, no doubt Pete Rose is the hit king and he's approaching 3000 hits in the major leagues. He's 20 hits shy which is so crazy considering he came over at the age of 27 in 2001. So he's played 16 years in the league, and he's got to be, would this make him the fastest ever as far as years in MLB to reach 3,000 hits? I would imagine so.
2: I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's up there. But this dude is talking about playing until he's 50. So and the way he looks right now, I mean, he's still in good shape and he's having a pretty good year, actually. So he's, he's still getting on. He has zero power, but he's he's slapping the ball all over the place still. And he looks he looks physically. He looks good. I mean, the, the guy's got the body of a 20 something year old. I mean, he's, he's he can still run. He can still move around. Doesn't look like he's he's lost too much. You remember Julio Franco of the Braves? Dude, yeah, oh, he was playing for a long Dude time. Dude was
1: ripped when he was like forty-eight years old.
2: He went back and started playing, I believe, in some of the uh, independent leagues uh, when he was when he was in his fifties, I think, or late forties, early fifties. He was playing independent ball. He sort of he kept playing baseball.
1: Yeah, Ichiro is the Jamie Moyer of batters, though. Just keeps chugging along. Yeah. Um. I hey whatever. <laughs> he. Ichiro came over to the Yankees, helped him for that one year. What was that, 2013? Or did he come over in 2012 or 2013? I don't know. I, you, you know my memory. Uh, it's, it, it, was, it was right it around. It was that 2012. Time. He helped him for that one half year. Um, and then after that kind of kind of stunk. But I always have liked Ichiro.
2: That was exciting, though, when he did come over. It was it was kind of a crazy deal. I don't think anybody ever saw anything like that coming. I don't think the I don't think anybody saw a trade for for Ichiro and then effect to the New York Yankees. It was it was a big deal. I think you know just as much off the field as it was on the field. It was a it was a it was it was a gigantic move.
1: The, the Yankees have always had a huge presence in Japan, obviously um with first Hideki Arabu who didn't work out and then Matsui and then they have had recently Ichiro and Kuroda and now Tanaka. So, I mean, I would have to imagine that them in Seattle are the two biggest teams over, over in Japan. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the Yankees played uh, last week Colorado and Minnesota, and they are going to be playing the same teams coming up just at home, Colorado and Minnesota. But let's just briefly touch on some of the stuff that happened. Uh, my, I, I, I mainly just read about these games and watched a couple highlights uh, since uh, it, they were going on at 2 in the morning, uh, 3 in the morning my time, but... Uh, They go into to Colorado and get absolutely their pitching gets absolutely blasted. Um, You can't just say it's the Coors Field effect, but uh, I believe it was Evaldi and Nova who had bad starts in Colorado. So,
2: I mean, we could specifically talk about uh, Evaldi in this one because he just looks like a different dude. He looks like what we saw at the end, or the uh, beginning of last year and not the same guy that, that was after the All-Star break and, and the beginning of this year. That he's, and, and a lot of it is going back down to his breaking stuff. His splitter is not effective. It's not breaking. It's not down in the zone. And because of that, he's not getting swings and misses. He's not getting the ground balls that he needs to manage his pitch count. And he's just not as effective because he doesn't have something to pitch off of that fastball. And when he doesn't have that, he's a totally different guy. He does not command that splitter. He's a different dude. And unfortunately, he was a little bit better today. Not not great by any means. I mean, I think he had some bad luck in that last in that last inning with a a ground ball and a broken bat that that really uh, that kind of sunk the ship for him. But he was in Colorado just bad it was a bad bad outing and uh, I really uh, hopefully today was uh, you know kind of uh, something uh, uh, that he could build on to move forward because he did look better but not what we saw in uh, in April and May
1: well I wouldn't even include April in that May he was five and zero with a three point end of April ZRA. yeah. April his ERA for the month was close to five and then since the end of May I mean he was great in May and then after May, it's it's like above nine. So he's yeah. been either really really good or really really bad. Where is the six inning start that he loved to do in the second half of last year? Why can't we at least get that? It's it's you know I, I've definitely softened on Ivaldi because he has pitched better or he was pitching great in, in May. So that that really did uh, soften. They're just me the, the reason you softened
2: on him is because there's Cause so many other guys so many yeah, to yeah. complain about.
1: You <laughs> can only get mad at so many guys, but. But where's the consistency with this guy? Why can't we just have a little bit more consistency? He needs a
2: lot more consistency. And, uh, you know, there's a frustration level for me just because when you see what he can do with that splitter, when that splitter is working and how effective he is and how dominant he is, it's it's to me, it's you, you got to get the feel for that you know and and he they keep saying that his bullpen sessions are good and he feels good in his bullpen sessions and all this crap and then when he gets out there it's just not working i don't understand that i don't understand how you could completely lose feel for a pitch uh from 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 one start to another i i, I don't understand that and especially from you know when you're uh, a three to four start stint you know a stretch of that many times i don't know how you can't get a feel back for it so it doesn't make sense to me i i really don't get it he, i I don't know what the reasoning is for the like why he loses the feel I'd be interested to to hear that but it's 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 very obvious it's very obvious when he's on and when he's not and when the breaking stuff is good he's on and that's that's the bottom line uh
1: guy who's been on a lot is CC I mean he just keeps getting better every time out it's insane he has the lowest era in MLB since May which is 0.82. CC has definitely figured out how to pitch. Yes. We kept, at, we kept getting on him last year. He's got to learn how to pitch or else he's going to be out of the league. I mean, I still have concerns about his health because I think he's got a lot of miles on him and his knees are, are not good. But he could conceivably start, you know, pitch for a few more years if he can keep this up.
2: There's no doubt. I mean, it seems like that brace is working wonders for his leg and he's used to it and it's stabilizing the knee. So... You know he's, with what he's got, he's he's really learned to be to to be an effective guy, and and I'm I'm am very this is probably the 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 I think the one of the best stories of the Yankees this year is seeing CC come back and and pitch well and be dominant. I mean this guy's he's really confusing batters. He's keeping everybody off of their uh, off balance. The one thing you're seeing, because he's because he's got to be, you know, around the corners a lot more. You're definitely seeing the walks up. And I think that's that's an okay thing because I think they're they're ready to live with him walking more guys for that reason because he doesn't have the the blow away fastball where he can just come at a guy he's got he's got to nibble he's got to you know fight fight the corners he's got to change speeds and because of that you, you know his command isn't going to be as good so they're living it but he's getting out of these situations with big ground balls big pitches he's pitching great.
1: Yeah, he's, I mean, so that is living dangerously because if you have a lot of guys on base, eventually some of these lazy fly balls to, you know, medium deep right field are going to be in the seats, especially at Yankee Stadium. And it's not going to be a solo shot because he does have a lot of guys on base, but he is pitching out of jams. The numbers don't lie. I mean, he's pitching great. He's not only should be an all-star this year, but he's probably at this rate going to be comeback player of the year, which is just crazy.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's a great story. It really is. So I'm, I'm super happy for CeCe. And I mean, this dude is he's, right now, if you look at the numbers, he's pitching as one of the best base, as one of the pitchers in the, in the major leagues and should absolutely be considered for the all-star game.
1: And it totally changes. If he can pitch well this year and next year, it totally changes his entire, the way the Yankee fans will look at as CC's no career with the Yankees, because first three years were fantastic, worth every penny, won them a World Series. He was, uh, without a doubt, an ace. Everything we talk about that Tanaka isn't, CC was. He was an ace, and then he st- he stunk, and then the alcohol issues, and it looked like CC's career was going to just go down the tubes, and he was the the Yankees were going to be stuck with a mega contract, and it was going to be you know really ugly. But now, <laughs> now it's not looking that ugly.
2: And one of the biggest things that we're seeing this year too that that's kind of like the old CC in a sense is well, while he's always been a competitor, you're seeing the the confidence in in his eyes the fact that he knows that hey if he walks a guy that's okay because because that's part of the game plan at this point i mean walking a guy is not part of the game plan but it's 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 kind of built into the game plan knowing that that's going to happen and you can manage your if you can manage the uh you know, the issues, then then you can come out of a start. But his competitiveness, I mean, he, he's he's still getting so fired up. And you can see how much he competes on every single pitch and that he knows every single pitch matters. And you can see it in his eyes. I love seeing the competitor out there uh, and how fired up he gets. So, uh, you know, it's really fun to watch him pitch. And honestly, like I like, you know, I, I've said in the past that El Duque is one of the, my favorite pitchers to watch just because – you know, he never had overly dominant stuff, but he was a guy that really knew how to pitch. He would change speeds. He would hit corners. That's the type of pitching that I really like to watch. I think it's it's fun to watch, and I think it, it's more of a craft. And and CC's really honed that craft, and you're seeing, uh, you know, the, the the dividends, really, from all the hard work he's put in. So, again, I'm really happy for him.
1: Whoever got to CC, whether it was Andy Pettit or Cliff Lee or some pitching coach out there, can they get to Nathan Avaldi, please? <laughs> Man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't CC get to Nathan Avaldi? Let's let's pay it forward. Yeah. So CC got them off to a good start in Minnesota. The Yankees have just always bashed Minnesota. I've almost, I mean, Minnesota sucks this year, but the Yankees have no matter when they're good or bad, have always taken care of Minnesota. Got them off to a good start in the four game series, which they ended up taking three out of four games. Tanaka pitched really well on Friday, eight innings, one earned run, which is exactly what Tanaka needs to do against a bad Minnesota lineup. And uh, that was the night that ref Snyder got everything started in the first inning. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Tanaka was on extra rest again, too. So it kind
2: of leads to the he fact would have, that
1: he would have been because they yep. they had Monday and th- did they have Monday and Thursday off or
2: no Thursday this week, Monday, and Thursday this week. OK, uh, so they had just had Monday this past week. But again, Tanaka was uh, I'm pretty sure he had an extra day in there. And that's that's just proving the fact that when this guy is on, uh, you know, a sixth day or, you know, uh, five over five days that he is that much more effective. He's a different pitcher, and you know I'm all for trying to get him that if, if, if at all possible. So well, They're going to be able to. And you know Girardi will. They're going to be able to try. coming
1: up because, like you just said, they have Monday off, which is today as you guys are listening to this, and then they have Thursday off. So a lot of off days coming up. He's going to be able to pitch on six days rest. I, it still annoys me, but it's just the reality of the situation. Um, the Yankees had a good comeback win on Saturday. I was uh, not able to even follow this game. I was flying. But uh, A. Rod and Beltron with, with the comeback uh, home runs, and I believe Didi also had a big hit. So well, the one thing about these, so Didi has been just
2: smoking hot. I mean, he was he's been hitting the ball tremendously, and he's been getting a lot of very big two out hits too. On I believe it was uh, it was Tuesday night against Colorado. While they were down, they started mounting a comeback uh, late in the game, and Didi hit a three run shot um, and finished with another hit in the game, I believe. So he's He's a guy who's been hitting the ball very well, especially in clutch situations. And and again on Saturday proved that. uh, Ref Steiner played well. Yankees down four nothing. This is something that we haven't really seen this this year is as a Yankee team fighting back into a game that that was that looked to be you know over. I mean, look you you get later in the game and uh, and you just. You just expect the Yankees to lose with the with the offense that they've been trotting out there, but but yeah, uh, Beltron hits a, a two run shot to tie the game, a, or Arod hits a two run shot to uh, tie the game. Beltron hits a, another two run shot to take the lead, uh, and then uh, you know it was it was game over from there. Obviously, Chapman was a, a little bit of a a question mark on that game, which kind of uh, brought me to my conspiracy theories. But yeah, good to see them come back.
1: Well, Minnesota's bullpen sucks, and they gave the game away on Saturday, and they tried to give it away along with the defense on Sunday. Uh, Yankees just (laughs) bats went silent. Irvin Santana, the Yankees have owned Irvin Santana in his career, and he's been really bad this year, and they only got two runs off of him. It's inexcusable. I know Evaldi didn't pitch bad, but, again, he didn't pitch great. He had a lot of pitches through six innings. I think it was five and two-thirds innings. Uh I think you said earlier he had a little bit of bad luck in that inning which I know broken bat single uh, or broken bat double which scored ploof uh, on that replay call. Yeah. But that's what Ivaldi is though we see that all the time. He 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 doesn't miss bats a lot so there's going to be a lot of times where balls just find holes. It might not be the hardest hit ball, but it but they put the ball on bat anytime you get the bat on the ball bad things can happen if you're on defense. So that's just how Ivaldi pitches. And when he's only pitching with his fastball, it's one speed and guys are going to catch up to it. See, this is where I don't agree with you. When you break a bat and, you
2: know, you saw off a guy's lumber and, and it's a blue uh, double just over the, the first baseman's head, that's bad luck. That's not – that's not – that's not that's pitching to contact to a point where you're looking for a, a ball that's not hard hit. The other ground ball was, was – this is another thing that frustrates the living hell out of me. The Yankees were in a shift again uh, for – I can't remember who it was. It wasn't Dozier. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The 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 kid was. They're playing him the pull for all three at bats. Third to, third. This is the third at bat that he went to right field against the shift. Yet they stay in the shift and have Castro cover the bag, which left the right side of the field completely wide open. So when Castro went to cover, it was a it was a ball that absolutely would have been um uh, w- would have been fielded and would have been no issues. And it was uh it, you know trickled into into the outfield. So. It was bad luck. His pitch count was higher. He hadn't gotten to 100 yet at that point. Would have been out of the inning through six, and it would have we would have we would have set a much different, much different start. The the thing I think we're we're looking at is how he pitched. I think he pitched much better. Um, you know, we're just looking for I'm looking for improvement at this point over those last three starts, and it was
1: somewhat of improvement. Somewhat of an improvement. Which, if you didn't see improvement, you'd start to worry because Minnesota is yes. not a good team. Right. But uh, they had. Batancas warming up because in that sixth inning, the Yankees were leading going into it, two to one. So Girardi had Batancas warming up just in case. He ended up having to come in after they were already down three to two, and he ended up letting two inherited or one inherited runner score, right? And then one on his own. Um, Batancas has not been great with inherited runners. He's much better when he starts off a clean inning. So that's a little annoying, but I don't know if Girardi could have done anything else because they had the lead at the start of the inning. Yeah, it's a it, it
2: was just, you know, the balls the balls went where the guys weren't. That's baseball, Susan. What are you going to do? <laughs> I got to get one of those in every week at least.
1: So, but again, as we've said a thousand times, this is why I don't see the Yankees doing anything this year because every time they take steps forward, they take steps back. Um, and right now they're three and three against the twins and and the Rockies. You got to be a hell of a lot better than 500 against two of those teams. And this
2: are, yeah. I mean, the fact that they came in and, and took three or four of Minnesota, that's terrific. The, the Colorado series is what really hurt that, you know, losing those two games. I think we would have been very happy three out of four, a, a sweep would have been obviously ideal, but, um, the fact that they lost those first two to Colorado was kind of a dagger. It it was it was extremely frustrating to to lose those two. I mean, you got to walk out of there with at least a split.
1: Well, they can get redemption. They got to take you know sweep them at home. They swept you at home. You sweep them at home. Uh, And then you got Minnesota coming in again. So really, it's it's an easy part of the schedule with days off. So the team should be rested. Um, All right, let's uh, read a mailbag question before we get out of here. This one comes from Cody Graham, who has submitted in the past. And he is Cody Graham 12 on Twitter. He says, Hey guys, I wanted to ask a question this week. That's kind of fun. Is there a non-division rival you hate? For example, my uncle hates the angels and living in Michigan has made me hate the tigers. Is there a team that just bothers you for no logical reason? Thanks and go Yanks.
2: Uh, For me, not really. I mean, I really, I don't like anybody in our division, but I don't, I don't even hate them as much as I used to. I I, I mean, I used to have a deep, a deep like, very fired hatred for the Red Sox, and I just don't care about them as much anymore. I think just because, of of the uh, the rivalry really dying down. I mean, I think that hatred could come back in an instant, <laughs> but but um, yeah, well, I really don't. I don't have like a team that I just I just
1: hate any division. I'm, I'm rival. sure you do. Any division rival is easy to hate. I mean, yeah. the Blue Jays were a non-factor for 25 years, and then they got good for a half season, and we absolutely hated them last year.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, division time. division
1: is, is up for grabs,
2: no doubt. Like, right. I'll hate you
1: every day, probably, and then not care. <laughs> uh, but he mentions two teams that I would agree with, the Angels and Tigers, because the Angels have always been a thorn in the side to the Yankees. Joe Torre, that was the only team when he was the Yankee manager that the Yankees were below 500 against, was the Angels. So Mike Sosha and the Angels always had his number. They lost the 2002 and the 2005 ALDSs to the Angels. Um, and then the Tigers, that, that series in 2006 still remains as one of my most frustrating series That uh, when the Tigers beat the Yankees. And... Uh, I believe it was was it Kenny Rogers who had the pine tar on his on his jersey, and yeah, he pitched she- like a two hitter against the Yankees. Um, they got absolutely smoked in that one. That was the series where also uh, they had Gary Sheffield at first base. Um, I know Curtis Granderson had a massive series against them. So those are two good teams. I'm trying to think. Um, you don't have any Seattle Mariner wounds from '95. I just don't think they're deep enough at this point. like
2: I don't like the Mariners. And I think more now because I don't want to see Robbie Cano do well. I think that's that's kind of a that's just kind of like the underlying factor with the Mariners. I don't want to see them win, but I don't really hate them. like I just don't care about them. I don't pay attention to them, you know I don't want to see them win. Um, I don't know. See here's a question for you. you you mentioned the Tigers and the Angels. would you rather see the Tigers win the World Series or the Mets win the World Series?
1: I'd rather see the Tigers, no question. Would you rather see the Mets win the World Series or the Angels win the World Series? Angels, obviously. I mean, the Mets are, are not in the division, but they're a rival. Right. So I think, see,
2: that's a team that I don't want to win. But at the same time, like, I don't hate the Mets either. But I would rather no other team win. I, I, want, I want zero teams to... Uh, <laughs> to lose the World Series over the Mets. Like, that's the team I want to lose the most. Wait, what? I don't know. I, I really went around that in a bad circle. No, so but... you
1: rather have the Red Sox win the World Series than the Mets? Okay, besides the Red Sox. Besides the Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want
2: the Mets to win the World Series. I want them to be good for a while but not win the World Series. Like, it's fine that they're good. That's It doesn't
1: bother me. But I don't want them to win the World Series. I'm not a huge fan of uh, uh, what, what – I've got it just uh, blanked on it. But um... – Oh, the, the Rangers. When Ron Washington took him to the. They beat the Yankees in the playoffs, and then. Under See, Ron I Washington care less when, about the Texas Rangers. But for that just, three years, they were really annoying. Cliff Lee, again, beat – I think it was – I think Cliff Lee, I just freaking hate Cliff Lee. So, so basically what it boils down to is who's
2: good that year, and that's when you – if the Yankees have a, an opportunity to do something, then we'll start hitting those teams. Yes. I mean, It's they, basically they, a year-by-year year point, at the, the unless, Rangers unless beat,
1: you're in the division. The Rangers beat the Yankees in the uh, ALCS. So, I mean, the Yankees were close that year, and that was the – year after they won the World Series. So I thought that team was good enough to win the World Series again. When the Yankees lost to Detroit in 2012, I I didn't... I mean, I cared, but it didn't kill me because I didn't think that 2012 team was playing that well at the time. And then Jeter went down, so it just seemed like it it was just all going to shit. And and it did. They got swept. Um, I think
2: a lot of the hatred, honestly, for me, also goes into... Well, one, it definitely goes into the situations. So... So like last year, I I, I really I really despise the Blue Jays, but a lot of that also goes into the fans and like who they are and like how they act too, and usually the the, the team that you're competing against and they're and they're doing well also they're not going to be nice about it. So I think that that kind of drives
1: the dagger in also a little bit deeper. Twitter has a big factor in that. Social media has a big factor in that because yeah. ten years ago we were playing the losing to the tigers in the alds and twitter wasn't around we didn't we didn't know what the tigers fans were saying about the yankees so yeah you're right that does play a big factor and is is the fans um all right so before we get on here do you have any last words what do you want to see this week uh against again two really really bad teams that the yankees should beat up on I want to see consistent ass
2: whoopings. <laughs> I want to see some. I want to see some victories. I want to come out with with a uh, with 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 an above like a significantly above five hundred um, stand. I want to see these guys. I don't want them to lose more than two games. I mean, I, 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 we need some victories and pile them up. Well, Sick of this five hundred
1: nonsense. It's got to come sooner rather than later, or else. I just want to see this team sell. I think I've said that. Yeah, finance, I mean on this episode. There's a, there's a lot of things that, that can happen that, that will
2: either make me happy or make me mad. And I think losing a bunch of games, in all honesty, while it would be disappointing and, and we, you know watching that, I think it would force their hand and that kind of would make me happy. Because I think still, even at this point when I'm looking at this team, we're looking into the future. And that's what we should be really, really concentrating on.
1: I totally agree. I think this team was uh, we thought they could compete while also building for the future. And I'm not totally ruling that out. But given the choice between competing uh, this year which with a questionable team or building for the future, uh, I'll take future all day. So, all right, guys, uh, that's it for us this week. Definitely submit mailbag questions at com slash podcast or call the voicemail line 646-480-0342. We'll talk to you guys next week